Well, are you ready to get started? All right. Um, You know, I've been hearing a lot of wonderful stories from you about how you are receiving your one word. Some great stories about how and when that one word came. For some, it seemed to come while they were sleeping. A word just kept revolving in their mind, even though they were asleep. You know, your spirit never sleeps. You know that? Your body goes to sleep, but your spirit never sleeps. And while you're sleeping, a word can just come into your mind, and you wake up the next morning, and it's there. Sometimes early in the morning, uh, I wake up fresh, clear, starting the day, and the word of the Lord can come to me early in the morning uh, in sometimes the purest, a most powerful way because it's morning and you're fresh and you're clean. And even before I get out of bed, it's a good time to hear the voice of God. Sometimes you can be driving down the, the, your, the road in your automobile and you can be uh, uh, just listening music, worshiping or praying or whatever. And a word can just drop into your mind, drop into your spirit. And uh, you can say, hmm, that word has something on it. It has a feel. It, it has a ring. It has a, a force attached to it. Uh, And so, however you get your word, you know, one of the sisters told me that last Sunday during the service time, uh, during the course of the service, a word just came down into her spirit, and she knew that was her word. So, however, whenever you get a word, um, I pray that um, it comes to you and you really get a hold of it. It can be a word that will really bless you and help you um, this coming year. Our word as a church corporately is the word grow. We're not talking about growing our congregation, although that very well could be the result. Uh, We're talking about growing personally and growing individually. And I want to inspire you and maybe point the way for you to uh, initiate growth and acceleration in your own life. You know, the tallest tree was once a very small seed that simply grew. The tallest tree was one day just a seed that simply grew. And you know something else? The tallest person in your life, that person you admire the most, that person you'd like to be like, that person you feel like has achieved some things you would like to achieve in your life, one day they were just a seed as well. But over a period of time they grew and became the person you see them as today. And if there is something that you want to be, if there's somewhere you want to go in life, growth is the vehicle that will get you there. No one is born great. No one is born the way they ultimately become. We grow to becoming the people that we are. And so this month, I'm challenging you to create a growth plan and to initiate personal growth. You know, I can't make other people grow. I can't tell you how to grow and you need to do this and you need to do that. I can just inspire you to grow because it's something you have to choose to do on your own. It takes time and it takes the correct environment. That tall tree that was one time a seed, it depended on the environment it is for that seed to grow. You know, a seed doesn't necessarily grow if it's sitting on your vanity top. It may not grow sitting on the top of your kitchen cabinet or the kitchen table. But if you plant that seed in the right environment, something wonderful will happen. 
Many times our lives stall and we fail to continue to grow because we're not ordering the environment that we're living in. Last week I talked to you about having a routine, a pattern of life that is conducive to growth and conducive to you achieving and arriving at the place in life you want to be. It's about your environment. Sometimes we allow our environments to just totally control us and totally be out of control and not be conducive to what the person we want to be. So the environment I create is going to depend on the growth in my life. It's very important that, that my household is an environment of growth, is an environment where I am growing and I'm sharing areas of my life that I'm learning and growing in with my family. I'm inspiring them to grow. I'm learning from them. I'm becoming a part of what's happening in their life, the movement they're making, to create a whole culture in my family where that we are growing together. One of our favorite things to do is we share books because we're readers and we're students and we're ever learning and, and we, we find a good book or we find a good quote or we find a good story and we're quick to share it with each other because we have intentionally done our very best to create an environment of growth. We've learned through the years that your problems don't just go away, they grow away. And so the key to overcoming or solving the problems we're facing today is to grow in that area of life and pretty soon you move off away from it. And I'll talk to you more about that. Well, we're not trees. You just can't plant us in the soil and walk off and leave and expect something to happen. We have a mind. We have a will. We have emotion. It's a matter of choice. It's a matter of commitment. It's a matter of choice and a matter of commitment. And I want to challenge you to make a fresh commitment, make the choice and a fresh commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to target some areas of my life and I am going to grow. This one word strategy that we're having fun with is all about a tool that will help you grow. One word will give you focus. Our lives are complex, they're multifaceted, a lot of things going on at once. I've got various uh, compartments of my life that I want to see movement in. Sometimes a word can bring it all down and bring it into focus for you so you're not just thinking, man, I, you know, I got so many things to fix, I don't even know where to start. Well, one word kind of brings things into focus. It brings clarity. One word brings clarity. It defines it more clearly. It opens up insight and understanding. And at the end of the day, it gives you hope. You know, I was speaking to one person uh, the other day that had, we had asked them to get a word uh, for themselves. And so kind of casually, and well, I guess I got to do this. And so they thought, well, I'll use the word priorities. That's a good word. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better, and I'm going to align my priorities. You know, kind of check that off your list, and when pastor asks, I can tell him, my word's priorities. But the longer he thought about his word, prayed over his word, he felt a real correction in his spirit. And he said, my word was not priorities, it was priority. And my priority has not been God, but God is telling me that this year in everything I do, He has to be my priority. That's clarity. That's focus. And you know, once you get that kind of a word in your spirit, whatever your word is, it brings hope. It brings faith. 
You know, the greatest thing in the world is to feel like that, you know, life isn't perfect now, but it's getting better, and things aren't quite like I wish they were, but they're moving, and so your word gives you a sense of hope that you've got clarity, direction, focus, and your life is moving forward. These are the things I share with you to inspire you. Uh, a great portion of this congregation could stand immediately and say, this is my word. Others are getting on board, and I hope that I can say some things today that will help you in that. It just forces you to pray and listen and seek God, and that's a huge benefit as well. Um, <clears throat> so when you hear the, the, a word from the Holy Spirit, there's a huge grace attached to it. And that grace is what really gives us the ability to change and move forward and empowers us. Grace is like the fuel in our automobiles. You know, you could have a, a brand new automobile with everything working perfect, several hundred computers making sure it all fit together. But if you didn't put fuel in the tank and fire that internal engine, uh, internal engine up, it wouldn't get you six inches. And so uh, grace is the fuel in my life that helps me to move forward and do the things that God wants me to do. Can you say amen? amen. I want to show you the book of Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 and 9. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And I want to tell you today uh, that a word from God elevates your thinking and changes your pattern of living. And this is why I say that. God said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are my ways, that's his patterns, his manner of doing things, his routines, his habits. My ways are not your ways. Nor are the, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. So God's way of life, God's patterns, his habits, his routines, his methods of doing things, they're much higher than mine. I mean, I do the best I can, but God's way is far better than mine. And he said, my thoughts are higher than yours. In other words, his mentality, his perspective, his paradigm, the way he looks at something is just a higher way of seeing it. You know, when you and I have a personal challenge, a problem we're working through, our challenge is to think of it from a higher vantage point and think higher, a higher level of thought. God said, there are levels of thought. I'm on the highest level. So growing in God is about ascending the ladder of thoughts and learning how to see things through God's eyes and see things through His perspective. Now once I see things through His eyes and begin to think His thoughts, then automatically my manners, my patterns, my habits, my routines begin to line up with it. That's why He said, my thoughts and my ways, they're higher than your ways. What an important truth from God's Word. When you elevate your thoughts, you'll elevate your life. If you elevate your way of thinking, your way of looking at something, when you find a higher plane of thought and, and paradigm, a mentality, automatically you elevate your whole life. But as long as you're thinking low-level thoughts, you're going to live a low-level life. But if I can somehow rise to a different way of looking at it, a different perspective. This is why we spend our lives studying the Bible. Because it's God's Word. It's His view. It's His, it's His Word on the matter. It's His perspective. It's the way He sees things. So by studying the Scripture, I'm looking at, the way, looking at something the way God looks at it. And it elevates my, thought, my thinking. Well, the way we think the way we conduct ourselves determines 
our current level. And um, by and large, um, we're all on different levels. One of my early mentors would, was Edwin Lewis Cole, and he's known for making this statement, life is lived on levels and arrived at in stages. Life is lived at on levels and arrived at in stages. You hear people talking about how we're going to the next level. What do they mean by that? Well, life is lived on various levels and in different stages. That's seasons. That's why we say things like, you know, it's a new season in my life. Or that season is over and I'm starting a new season. Because life seems to be lived on levels and according to seasons. And so we're always reaching for the next level and we're looking for the next season. And realizing the one we're in is not forever. The Bible reflects this when it says that we're moving from glory to glory. That's an elevation. And we're moving from faith to faith. That's promotion. And so God helps us as we grow in life to live on different levels and to grow to them. So growth is a result of graduating the level you're on in terms of how you're thinking and how you're acting. And so God help us to to think higher thoughts and improve our ways, the ways of God, meaning our patterns, our routines, and our habits. And um, in that way, we'll be able to grow. Now, in every level of life, there are blessings and there are problems that are strictly inherent to that level. So when you step on a new level, you know that you've left some problems behind, but you've embraced some new problems. Now, there's blessing on every level. There's good things about every level. And there's not so good of things. But you've got to know that when you go to a new level, you haven't exited the world. You haven't arrived at some utopia. But you're just working at a new level. And you've got old problems are gone. And now you've got some new problems. And what Jesus said was, in this life, you will have trouble or tribulation. In other words, you're not going to escape it. You can get as smart or as spiritual as you want to get, and there's still going to be problems out there. The good things is, God says, you can trade in your old problems for some new ones. I mean, if you can think with me right now, I mean, I just get tired of dealing with the same old problem. I'll be glad to have a new one. Just let me get rid of that one. And that's pretty much what life is. Growing is about leaving certain problems behind that are consistent with that level of living and then embracing a higher level of living that in itself will have certain challenges. Every season itself has blessings and unique challenges that we have to face. That's called life. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, Albert Einstein was not a believer, but he was certainly one of the most brilliant men that's ever been on the planet. And he is noted for having said, we cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking that created them. So he understood this whole level thing, and he said, you can't solve the problem you have today with the same level of thinking that created the problem. So problems are solved when we reach for a high level, higher level, and growing is about reaching for another level, another perspective that changes not only our thoughts, but our ways. Can you say amen? amen. This is why I said to you, problems don't just go away, they grow away. As I grow, uh, they, I leave them behind and I embrace, embrace a new level of life. Can you say amen? Now, you just got to know that there's a better way to look at everything. There's a better way to look at everything, and it's God's way. There's a better way to look at everything, and it's always God's way. 
So as I look through life and I'm dealing with issues and problems and difficulties and challenges and whatever obstacles I'm facing, I'm always looking for God's viewpoint. There's a better way of looking at this thing than the way I've been looking at it. And if I can get a word from God, if the Lord can help me and elevate my thinking, I can look at this through a higher level, a clearer lens, and I can look at it through God's eyes because there's always a better way of looking at everything. And that way is God's way. Now, let me show you another verse of Scripture. Um, Let's look at 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 12. 1 Kings 19 and 12. That says NIV. It will work. It'll work. Not what I wanted. Must have missed that one, but it'll work. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Let me tell you where we are in the Bible. Elisha was at a low point in his life. He was on the run for fear of his life, and he thought it was over with. So he goes, hides in a cave. And then the Lord calls him out of the cave to speak to him. And first he said there was an earthquake. Wow, how scary was that? And then there was a, a, a fire that burned the forest. And then after that, uh, the fire, there was, a, there was a wind. And then there was the sound of a, a gentle whisper. And it was in this gentle whisper that God spoke to Elisha the prophet. A gentle whisper. You know, one of the great things we need to learn in life is how to hear God whisper. I'm not saying He can't shout. We know that He can. I'm not saying He can't speak audibly. We know that He can. We're just saying that normally from day to day and week to week, God whispers. Pray 21 is about getting close enough to God to hear Him whisper. It's about shutting the world down, closing out some of the noise, and getting close enough to God so you can hear Him whisper. By and large, when the Holy Spirit communicates a message to you, it will be in a whisper. It will not be written across the sky in golden letters. It may not be come to you in an audible voice that those around you even can hear. It will not reverberate through your ears like other sounds, but it will be a gentle whisper that comes into your spirit. And a whisper is such that the volume is low and it's easy to miss. Like, you know, you can whisper to someone in the noisiest place and there's a good chance they will hear you. If you're hearing as well, you can whisper to someone and they can hear you even though there's a lot of noise around. If you're close enough, you can whisper. So proximity has everything to do with hearing a whisper. If you want to hear from God, you've got to be close to God to hear Him whisper. And if you're not walking close to God, you won't hear Him whisper. So the key is, I have to walk with God 24-7 every day of my life and keep close to Him because I want to hear Him whisper. You could whisper to me from back there and I, I wouldn't hear you at all. But if I came close to you, I might be close enough I could hear you whisper. So I have to ask myself today, am I close enough to God to hear Him whisper? Now, in my lifetime, um, there are several ways that God communicates His message to me. And I want to talk to you about that. I'm just going to give you a couple things. 
one of my series this year, I hope to be silent whispers. Um, and I want to teach you for several weeks about how God communicates to us. But for today, there's a couple of ways that God communicates frequently uh, that I've experienced in the course of my life. First of all, there are impressions, impressions that I get in my spirit that I believe are from the Holy Spirit. An impression is um, thoughts and ideas. It could include word pictures. Um, but it's, it's a feeling that I get, a general feeling about what God wants me to do or not do, what I feel like He's saying to me. It is an impression. And so I have this feeling that I have to interpret or translate into where I am and what I'm doing and what I'm sensing. And if I seek after God and listen closely and pray over it, that impression becomes a message and it could be very directional for me. It's an impression. It's something I feel in my spirit. And then there are what I, times when I feel like God speaks to me in sentences and it's a quote. It's a quote. It isn't an impression that I'm interpreting and sensing and, you know, and trying to figure out what he's saying uh, by what I'm sensing, but it's a quote. So uh, I don't hear a quote type of a message from the Lord every day. I, some people hear a lot from God a lot more than I do, but in my experience, I don't hear a quote every day. But at critical and unique junctures in life, I have heard from God in a way that it was a quote, a quote. In other words, it was a sentence. And 50 years later, the quote hasn't changed, even though I've forgotten a lot of things and I tell you stories and every time I tell it's a little bit different because I forget things. But when I have quotes from the Holy Spirit, 50 years later, it's still the same quote. So I would encourage you as a child of God, walking with God, wanting to communicate with God and hear God, to know the indifference between an impression that you feel and a quote. So maybe you want me to tell you about some of the quotes that I've heard. What comes to my mind was, um, so Renee and I had recently been married and uh, I was in our church and my pastor was leading the service. I was sitting over the side, and in the context of the service, I got a quote. Here's the quote. This has been like uh, 40 years ago, literally. And the Lord said to me in my spirit these words, Go and serve my servant and those whom he serves. Forty years later, that's it. No more, no less. That's it. It's a quote. It hadn't got bigger, hadn't got smaller. It was a quote. About four or five years later, after serving that congregation and Renee and I working really hard to help that church grow and achieve its vision, serving the man of God, serving the people of God, just like God said, on another occasion, I was in a service and the Lord said these words, I'm finished with you here. 35 years later, it hadn't got bigger, it hadn't got smaller. God said, I'm finished with you here. He was finished with me there. Another door opened up and we moved on and God blessed us. Uh, but the point is that was a quote. That was a quote. And, and there are times in your life that you get a quote. Cherish those times. And, and don't embellish those times or, or don't minimize those times. 
Other times you get an impression. It's not that the quote is more powerful than the impression. It's just a lot more clear. You get an impression. And the more you pray over that impression and the more you study that impression, the more you walk out that impression, sometimes that impression can get bigger and, the, and the, 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 the message can get larger. And that's the nature of an impression. Starts out very small and you're kind of like, what is that? The Lord's trying to sell me something. And then you just kind of focus on it and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And pretty soon you say, I believe the Lord has impressed upon us. Now, here's one thing I like to do. I like to help you to communicate your private walk with God and your private communication with God in such a way that people don't think you're a kook. And so I hear wonderful, well-meaning, God-fearing people that present themselves in such a way that the world around them thinks they're a kook. Well, you know, I was praying this morning, God spoke to me and he told me this, and they give you about three pages of what God said. And, and, hey, he may have. He certainly can. But, I mean, God probably didn't say all that. And what makes me think is that when they tell that story again, it, it went from three pages to six pages. And so that was probably more of an impression. It wasn't a quote. But if you say it was a quote, but then every time you tell it, it changes, it was probably an impression, not a quote. And people are like, yeah, he's a little bit... So learn how to use this term. It's just a suggestion. Learn how to use this language. You know, I, I really feel like the Lord is impressing me. I really feel led in this way or that. Because when you're led by the Spirit, it, it's often an impression. It's a feeling. It's a sense. It's a drawing. It's a knowing in your spirit. Um, and it's not a quote. So when you're looking for your one word... It's like a download, and um, it, it has an otherness about it. It, it has a, a coming from somewhere else to you feel in it. And uh, it just kind of comes down in your spirit. But you have to be listening, and you have to be praying about it. You have to be open and receptive. It's like if you are finding a radio channel, you have to be on the right frequency to receive that channel. And so if you want to get a word from God, you have to be on the right spiritual frequency for that word to come through. It's my personal conviction that God's always speaking. There is a flow of words, a current of words that's coming from the throne of God down to earth and creation and mankind all the time. And when I tap into the right frequency, I can hear it like right now. There's television waves and radio frequencies in this building. And if you've got the right electronic equipment, you can pull it out of the atmosphere and we would hear music playing and we could project pictures because it's always being broadcast. I believe the Word of God is that way. God is always broadcasting His Word to the earth. And then there are those moments when you hit the right frequency and suddenly you hear a voice. And suddenly you get a picture or a vision and suddenly you get direction and it just comes to you. And I want to live on that plane. And I, I think there are people that do live on that plane. But I definitely want to be able to go there and I want to be able to hear from God and I want God to be able to speak to me in whatever manner He chooses. There's other ways God speaks to us. Dreams and then there's visions. And then the outside voices, people come to you and give you a word from God. And that's another story. And I'll talk to you about that when I hit my series on silent whispers. But the point is, right now, I'm just talking to you about how to hear God during this season and listen for Him and get close to Him. If you want to hear Him whisper, you have to get close.
you got to learn to shut the world out. You just do. You just got to say, okay, world be quiet, world be still. You got to have a pause. You got to have a pause. You got to have a time when you just say, you know what, I need to shut the world out and I need to have some quiet moments. You see, it's a relationship thing. It's a relationship. My salvation is a relationship. That's what covenant is. It's a covenant relationship. So in every relationship, there are keys, there are health factors, there's principles, things you do, things you don't do. And and one of the keys to having a relationship with anyone is time spent. And there is a relationship between time spent and the closeness or the dearness of that relationship. And if you really want to get close with someone, you have to have time alone. You have to have time of total focus. Now, you spend lots of time with the people you work with, and you become friends over the years. You didn't necessarily choose them as being a friend, but shoot, you work together every day, and you spend so much time together. After a while, you become total enemies or friends. And after becoming total enemies, then you decide we better be friends. We're stuck together. But when you have someone you want to be close to, then you have to spend time with them alone by choice. And... um, you know, that's why children, they have to have our attention. They have to have our focus. They have to have our time. Whenever nothing else matters but them. Our wives and husbands, we have to, to set time aside to just be with them and to, to be together because it's in that, 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 that togetherness when the world is out there and we're together that real relationship is built. And so it is with God. Our relationship is enhanced when we set time aside it doesn't have to be long periods of time, but it has to be regular periods of time uh, that we set time aside, shut the world out, and just spend time with God. Now, prayer has always been the vehicle that has carried us into the presence of God, prayer. And uh, here's a prayer tip for you. I realize some of you know how to pray very well. I've been doing this a long time, but there are others here today that are like prayer is kind of difficult and like, how do you do that? And how do you think of something to say? And I run out of things to say and my mind wanders and I get, I get feeling bad because I'm supposed to be doing this continuous talking and I can't think of what to say continuously. So how do you pray? I understand that, you know, uh, um, everything gets better with practice and so does prayer. But it doesn't matter how long I've been praying. Prayer is a conversation between me and my Heavenly Father. It's nothing more or less than that. It's just a conversation between me and my Heavenly Father. And from time to time, you hear me pray here as a congregation. And if you'll just listen to how, what I'm doing, I'm just having a conversation with my Heavenly Father. I'm very comfortable with Him. I, I love Him. He loves me. I've talked to Him my whole life. And I have no problem talking to my Heavenly Father. I don't feel a great urge to be religious to be overly spiritual. I don't change my voc- vocabulary. I don't change the terminology. I just, I just talk to the Lord out of my heart and say what I feel. I don't have to go on and on and on. I can stop and pause and think of something else and start again. I talk and I listen for Him to talk. And so uh, it, Jesus tried to teach us about prayer. He talked about repetitious prayer where you just memorize stuff and say it over and over again. He talked about prayer that was prayed for the benefit of those listeners, not for the benefit of God. And he talked to us about those things. And prayer has to be pure. It has to be simplistic. It has to be genuine. And it's a relational thing. 
And so um, beyond that today, I just want to encourage you to just have a conversation with your Heavenly Father. And for right now, just talk to Him about anything you want to talk to Him about. Just anything comes to mind, talk to Him about it. Just think what it would be like if you could just sit down with God for a moment in private and you could say anything you wanted to say and talk about anything you wanted to talk about. Well, this is it. Just have that time with God and just talk to the Lord. Talk to Him about whatever you want to talk to Him about and and just have a conversation with God. And so uh, regardless of what you heard about people praying and what it sounds like when they pray, don't worry about that. You just talk to God the way you want to talk to God and have a good conversation with Him. And it doesn't have to be a machine gun of words that flow out of your mouth for a solid 30 minutes. It can just be a conversational where you talk and then, okay, you just pause and and you listen and maybe God will download something into your spirit or He'll direct your thoughts in another way. And then you talk to God some more. And um, if you want to take a next step, you kind of get some bullet points like, uh, when I go to see someone, then it's an important meeting. I go in there with either written or mental bullet points. So I need to talk to them about these three or four things. And I have bullet points in my mind that help me remember. Now remember to talk about this and then remember to talk about that and remember to talk about this. So when you're talking to your Heavenly Father, it's okay to have some bullet points. Some bullet points. Call it what you want, a prayer list, I don't know. It could be a prayer model. I've got a prayer model I can share with you sometime about a model of prayer of how you can go to point A, point B, point C, and you kind of kind of gives you a flow, a flow in the conversation. But get some bullet points. Okay, I want to talk to him about my health. I want to talk to him about my finance. I want to talk to him about my marriage. I want to pray about my, my kids. Whatever it is, just get you some bullet points and then have a conversation with him about these things. And when you're finished with that conversation, go to the next bullet point. You'd be surprised how 15, 20, or 30 minutes can go by when you get comfortable talking to God. When's the last time you have sat down with someone that you enjoyed being with and, and you were just going to spend five minutes with him and the five minutes went boom, just like that because, whoa, wait a minute, I just got started. Because when you're talking with someone you enjoy being with and you're having a good conversation, time flies. And so when, it, when I'm praying and time isn't flying, I must be going about it wrong. i got to back this thing up because this is God. This is my heavenly Father. He loves me. I love Him. We're having a great life together. And I just want to talk to Him about some things. And when I have a few bullet points that I want to talk to God about, I seldom have enough time to finish it all. Because there's a lot to talk about in my life. So I just want to encourage you to just have a good conversation with God and call it prayer. Now, the Bible is a big part of my walk and relationship with the Lord. It's a big part of my private prayer and devotion. It's a big part of that because God speaks to us through the Scripture. And so I'm often in my prayer time, whether it's a little time I have or a lengthy time of prayer, I mix it with reading the Bible and praying. So I read a little bit and pray a little bit, read a little bit and pray a a little bit. Okay? So for this 21 days, I've given you a chapter every day to read, and out of that chapter, I highlighted one memory verse that I think is is an important verse that you may want to memorize, you may want to pray over, may want to study, you may want to just pray over that verse and try to apply it to your life. So the the Bible is God's Word, and uh, He speaks to us through the Word. 
Now, there are some days when this verse is just screaming at me. It just opens up. It just, wow, look at that. It's amazing how God is speaking me through that. Three days later, that verse is just words on a page. And he's over here in this part of the book, and he's saying, now read that word right there. I'm like, wow, look at that. How did God say that so many thousands of years ago? And it means so much to me today. Because this is a living book. There's not another book like it on the planet. Never has been, never will be. It's alive. It's God's Word. And God can make portions of it come to life to you at just the right moment, at just the right time. So I got all the tools. I got all the digital devices. I got all that. I use it all. It's helpful, man. It's great. It's amazing the information I can assimilate in such a, a rapid amount of time with all of my digital stuff. Um, this may be an old school opinion. I'm not telling what, I'm not setting rules. I'm just saying this could be just an old school opinion. But there's something warm and friendly and fuzzy about a book. <laughs> and you know, I just don't get that warm, fuzzy feeling with my iPhone. It just, and um, so anyway, I'm doing better. I'm learning how to highlight. I'm learning how to post things and go back and find it, and, it, and I'm getting better at it. Uh, millennials in here, probably, they probably don't have that experience, but there's just something wonderful about your Bible. Um, I have Bibles that date all the way back to my birth that my parents gave me when I was born. And so I've tried to keep a lot of them. I've lost some of them through the years that I, I deeply regret. But, you, you know, you end up with just this very special feel about your Bible. Let me make one more comparison about your, your Bible, and I'll move on. So uh, I'm wearing a wedding ring. It's a nice wedding ring. It's not really expensive, but it's nice, and it means a lot to me. So Renee, uh, Renee uh, this was a, one I've had for a long time. So a couple of years ago, Renee found one somewhere she was traveling, and she found a wedding ring that she really liked for me, and she sent me a picture, and I really liked it. And she got the right size and brought it home, and I wore that ring for, for several years. Really, really liked that ring. But I, I, I uh, decided to lose some weight, so I, I dropped some pounds, and I forgot, Marianne, that when I lose weight, my fingers lose weight. I don't, you know, I don't think, I wasn't trying to lose weight in my fingers, you know. You know how that deal is. You lose it in all the wrong places. So, you know, I, I, uh, I lost weight in my fingers, and that precious ring that I really like so much, it just disappeared off my finger because I lost weight and it just fell off and I could not find that ring. And uh, so I'm wearing my, the one before it now. But, you know, that ring was not worth a lot of money. It was not special to a whole lot of people. But that ring was important to me. I really love that ring. Renee bought it for me a few years ago. I had worn it everywhere and, and I lost that ring. And um, so, you know, a Bible has that kind of unique feel to it. It has that, this is special to me. You know, there's Bibles everywhere. You go buy lots of Bibles. Uh, this is the one that I choose to use, and it just feels so good in my hands. It just, this is just right for me. It's personalized. So, you know, I want to encourage you to have a personalized Bible, something that just feels right to you. And, and what makes it feel right is uh, I can find stuff in it. You hand me your Bible, I may not find anything. I'd be like, where was that verse? I know it's in here somewhere. But you hand me my Bible, I go, yeah, here it is, right here. Because it's my Bible. It's personalized. 
It helps. Can you say amen? amen. Now, uh, <clears throat> I talked to you about searching the scripture, and then I want to I talk to you about listening. So a man is a triune being. We're made up of body. That's what you see, what I see in you. We are made up of soul. That's the mind, will, and emotion. That's my personality. That's what's going on inside this body. But deeper than that is the human spirit, the third part of the triune being of man, the human spirit. God first created the human spirit after his own image, and then he grew the man out of that. The spirit of a man is dead while he is in sin. But when you give your life to Christ and you're born again, your spirit comes alive. Most people don't even realize they have a spirit. They are a spirit until they get saved. And they find out, I have a human spirit. People think that their mind is the deepest part of their being. And it really isn't. It's the human spirit. It's a deeper intellect. It's a deeper force or power. It's, it's the center of your being. It's the real you. It's a spirit. All right? And this is the spirit of you is, is what God connects with spirit to spirit. And so... We have to develop what the Bible refers to as spiritual ears. There are messages that come through our natural ears. Our eyes, our smell, our sense of feel, all of our senses are doorways through which we collect information. But it, you're not limited to just your five senses as far as receiving information. You also have a spirit in you, and that spirit in you can receive information just like I can receive information through my ears, through my eyes, through my nose, through my hands. I can receive information in that way, but there is another way to receive information, and that is the spirit in me, the spirit of Randy, the human spirit of Randy. And so when the human spirit of Randy connects with the Holy Spirit of God, um, it's a line of communication. And so growing in God is learning how to receive information into your human spirit from the Lord. He is a spirit. And He speaks to you in your spirit. Now let's say that I hear something in my spirit, it comes into me. Then from my spirit it comes up to my conscious level and thoughts and pictures and information comes to the screen of my mind. But he doesn't speak to my mind first. I understand that he speaks to my spirit first. And then it comes up out of my spirit, as it were, to the screen of my mind. The problem is, when his message hits the screen of my mind, there's a whole lot of other stuff on the screen of my mind. And I have to figure out which, what on the screen of my mind is from God, which is from my flesh, me, just things I generate because I have an imagination and I'm imagining things that go to the screen of my mind and then I have things the enemy puts on the screen of my mind. That's called temptation. And so I have to, I have to be able to detect which information is what God is trying to say to me and separate it from other things that I might think on my own or might come from an outside world. And so we develop spiritual ears when we learn how to detect of all that's hitting the screen of my mind, what is coming from the Lord? What is sacred and holy? What is pure and righteous and right? And what is God saying to me that is the coming into my spirit and on the screen of my mind? Now, <clears throat> here's a couple of words that, that I use to help me. 
First of all, a, a word that comes through my spirit from the Lord has an otherness to it. If it's my idea, it has a personal feel to it. Are you still with me here today? It feels like me. It's like mine. Sometimes it has an otherness to it, and I can tell that must be from the enemy. That's just the devil talking to me. But then there is an otherness that I distinguish as having a purity and a holiness, an authority to it, a, a, a righteousness to it, a force attached to it. And I feel like that might be from the Lord. Okay. So it has a, the Word of God um, has a feel to it. The Word of God creates pictures. So if I can sense and sort out what God is saying from everything else that's going on, it creates a picture in my mind. Instantly I can see it fulfilled. Instantly I can see it. And, and, and it just creates a picture. And then not only does it create a picture, it touches me mentally and suddenly it opens my understanding and suddenly I begin to, yeah, well, yeah, just things start making sense. So that the Word of God has that effect on me and, and when I feel the quarters of my mind open up, understanding and revelation and suddenly things are starting to fit together, the dots are being connected, I say, man, I believe that was a word from God. I believe the, the Lord's trying to tell me something in this. You have to listen. You have to listen. You want to listen when you're in prayer and you have those private times. You want to listen when you're at work, when you're driving in your automobile, when you lay down at night, make sure you're listening. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is listen. I don't, you know, it happens different to different people, but I hear God really well early, early in the morning before I get out of bed. So I've learned through the years when I first have that first conscious thought, just start listening because sometimes God speaks. He may not speak today. This may not be my morning, but I'm going to listen anyway because it, it, it may be this morning. And, and if it's not this morning, I'll wait till in the morning because I've found that the pattern of God for me is He speaks to me early in the morning. So for yourself, find those times after you walk with God, you'll find those patterns of God when He speaks to you that time, that place, and that situation. And that's when you really want to turn your ears up because God works in patterns and methods and, and, and when you feel like this is a pattern with God, you really want to lock into it. Can you say amen? amen. So remember this. God whispers, but you have to be close enough to hear Him. You can close your Bibles now.